Hello everybody and welcome to the first annual Lion of Vienna Awards from Lion of Vienna Sweet! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Love Pod 11, your favourite Bolton Wanderers podcast, possibly the only one. Um, tonight, this is our Grand Awards Spectacular. There's been a red carpet out. Lily Allen just trotted down there before. I think I saw Noel Edmonds as well, hiding in the background. Keith Chegwin in the bushes. Not sure if he's got any pants on, but he's welcome nonetheless. Pat show for you tonight, by which I mean we've probably got less to talk about than last week, but I don't think we could uh, struggle to beat last week's. On that topic, I just want to say thank you to everyone for downloading and listening, making it by far the most listened to podcast we've ever done. Um, come a long way from podcast number one, which was released on the oh, hang on, this is American dates, the 10th of March, which had a grand total of 14 listeners. I'm happy to, uh, happy to report that we've multiplied that by several hundred at this moment in time. So thank you all for listening and hope you're enjoying what we're doing. Even if you're not, it's tough because we've got nothing better to do on a Sunday night. So we're going to keep giving you plenty more solid gold, Bolton Wanderers, action, audio, jokes, bad language, dogs, cats, budgies, in your ear every single week. We've changed the cast a little bit tonight. Um, I've given Lee the night off. He'll be back next week or the week after, I should think. Uh, I'm joined by Dan, Liam and Rob. uh, Dan, how are you doing tonight? I'm not gonna lie, Chris. It's been quite a quite a stressful day. First of all, I had to go to Wigan. Never, never, oh. never a pleasant experience. And then, then I had the wonderful news to find out my holiday flights have been changed, which has left to about five hours of me being frazzled and I'm really angry at Thomas Cook and low cost holidays. But hopefully, this this here delightful podcast will remedy those stresses. Can I give you a Can I give you a tip to start off? If you ever find a company called Low Cost Holidays, it's yes. probably best not to book your holiday with that company. I didn't book it. I didn't book it. And I just need to set something straight. Last week there were some birds in the background, right? They were not my birds. I I record this in the conservatory to keep my, to make sure I don't wake my siblings up. The birds were outside tweeting away, and the, my microphone that picked up every noise in the world picked it up. I apologise, but I thought it was quite soothing to us. Well, by birds, I thought you meant the, the several thousand <laughs> women, no doubt, queuing up at your door every single night, oh, Dan. Yeah. Uh, Liam, I know you've not got that problem with you living in a first-floor flat. They can't get in the, uh, in the, uh, the front door. But nice to see you back on the pod tonight. How have you been? You all right? Uh, yeah, not too bad at all. Great work last week. Um, you know, I enjoyed listening to it like everybody else. It's great to that was all Mark. That, that was all Mark. It wasn't anything to do with me. And, uh, and Rob, how are you doing, pal? You all right? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Um, yeah, great to have Mark on last week. Really enjoyed uh, hearing his thoughts. And, uh, certainly was. Certainly was. We can only expect to disappoint tonight now he's not here. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a good show, wasn't it? Really enjoyed it. Took me about four nights to listen to it, bit by bit. But yeah, very good. Very happy with it. Came out well. Um, I can promise you, you're not going to get a two-hour pod tonight. We'll hopefully try and keep it to an under an hour. Mainly because uh, I was up first thing this morning, bright and early, and I could do we were going to bed. So we'll, we'll, we'll dive straight in. Um, 
So as I mentioned in the start, this is the award show, but we have got some important business to get through before we can get on to the grand prizes. Anton Decker waiting nervously in the wings to come and announce the winners. They're just going to have to hang on, I'm sorry. We've got released players to talk about. So segment one tonight is going to be discussing the players that Wanderers have let go. The retain list came out a couple of days ago. It was not that much of a surprise. Maybe one or two names in there we didn't expect, but overall... Pretty much as we uh, as we expected. Uh, I'm going to come to you first, Liam, as the uh, return into the pod, glorious return. The, the the players released. We had Matt Mills, Craig Davies, Andrew Lonigan, Beckford, Andrews, George Iliev, Luke Woodland, Chris Lester, Glenn Matthews, Ryan Sellers, Carl Kennedy, James Ball, and Kieran Nolan. So plenty from the uh, from the academy side there, but also some stalwarts. Not to mention our illustrious now former captain. What were your thoughts when the when the list came out? Were you happy? Were you sad? Were you indifferent? What did you think? I think indifferent hits it completely on the head. There was, for me, absolutely no surprises. I think the writing's been on the wall for quite a few of them players for quite some time, to be honest. Even as Captain Mills, I don't think any of us really expected that, that he would really stay on. Um, there seemed to be some turbulence towards the end of his bottom career. It just seemed to be no way back for him. The only one really that surprised me was Leicester. Um Mm. Seems highly rated. I, I didn't see that one coming, I must admit. Other than that, you know, it's it's pretty pretty basic. Everyone there, you know, those question marks over over most of them. I know some people prefer Lonergan and think that he's probably deserved a bit more of a crap, but I think I think Amos has shown that, you know, a good keeper at this level is probably ten a penny. So we don't want to be keeping on anyone that we've you know, we've got question marks over. So no real surprise in there. What Fair enough. Yeah, Robert, I'll, I'll come to you in a sec, but just just to keep on leaning for one minute, um, goalkeepers being ten a penny, I think that's a that's a brave statement. But are you concerned at all the fact that with Bogdan having not having signed yet and and not showing much uh, indication of signing, according to Mark Isles, with Amos not secured by any stretch, are you a bit bothered that we uh, at this minute in time we've got William Yaskalainen in goal next season? No, I don't think it would ever come to that. I've, there's, you know, I mean, for the Premier League. Second, third choice goalkeepers are proving to be a very playable standard at this level. So I've got no real concerns that come kick off in August, we'd have a very suitable goalkeeper in there. And on to Bogdan as well. I don't think any of us will really think that he will sign. I mean, if I if I was him, I'd certainly be looking at the options out there because he's very much above this level in my opinion. And I think we probably do have contingency plans already in place that we just don't know about yet in terms of goalkeepers. I think you're probably right. Um, Rob, what were your thoughts when the news came out? Yeah, I mean, I think we all expected um, Craig Davis to be let go. And I think Lonergan surprised me a little bit. I thought they might keep him on as backup to um, Bogdan in case they didn't have anyone else lined up. But um, I'm glad to see Beckford go, even though he's been firing in the League One. I think that's where he belongs. Um, same with Andrews as well. I'm glad to uh, got him off the books and freed up a bit of cash. Um, I think I was surprised about Maybe Iliev and Leicester. I think they showed a bit of promise. And then, I mean, those two in particular, I played on Football Manager. So I think I was football, on Football Manager. <laughs> and, um, well, that's my fault, that. Yeah, Iliev was um, pretty lethal in seasons two and three. So um, obviously, Lennon hasn't been playing on Football Manager and didn't see the promise. But um, yeah, what's he doing with his life? That's all I can say. What's he doing yeah. with his life? Yeah. Uh, scouting in Norway, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think some of the young lads have been let go and there's probably not much of a surprise there. Um, but I see we kept um, a few. Well, I know we signed a few players on um, the younger lads 
a few of the younger lads, which we'll come on to in a bit. But um, yeah, not much of a surprise, really, is there? No, I don't think so. Um, like Liam said, a lot of it we saw coming. I agree with you about Leicester, but uh, his lack of progress in the last 12 months probably told its own tale there. There's, there's talk of him signing for Blackpool in the next couple of days, so he's not having to uh, to travel that much further. I was a bit disappointed that we didn't get to see Luke Woodland in the reserve in the first team. Sorry, I've heard about, heard a lot about him over the years. How he was a really promising midfielder. Obviously, one of our very few internationally recognised uh, youngsters as well. Played for the England under 19s, yeah. I think, on quite a few occasions. But uh, I'm sure he'll go back to Oldham, have a good career from there, and we wish him all the best, of course. Dan, um, were you sad to see Mills go? Um, I've no very mixed feelings on Mills because I think. Despite how much it's fizzled out, how much the season's fizzled out towards the end, I think he was very good for three quarters of the season. He's always he's always one for a clanger like Nottingham Forest red card being the ultimate example. But I think he was the only leader we had. He's and he obviously does care a lot about the club. As Mark as Mark said last week, even if sometimes it might be a little bit too much, he obviously did care about what was going on. But I think in the end, I think his own ego and attitude just turned him away from everyone else at the club and I wasn't very surprised to see him go. I echo your thoughts on Woodland though. I was I was he was the one young he's the one youth player at the ones we've let go. I was hoping we'd give another chance to because I think mm. he had a didn't he have a bad injury a year or two ago? He did. He did have a new cruciate ligament injury I believe. Yeah that's what I thought. And he's played well at Oldham. He's not played much but he's played played well when he has and um I was hoping he'd come back at least get the summer to see if he rates him but alas I wasn't very surprised with Ilyev or Leicester going on like you said, they haven't progressed much in the last 12 months at all, really. And whenever they have had the chances in the first team, they've never really taken it. I'll bite. They've not had many, to be fair. But with the more senior players, I think Craig Davis, we, with his injuries, we can't, we just can't afford the wages, unfortunately. Because when he's fit, he's exactly what Lennon wants, as he proved against Cardiff in his last game. And um, with Lonergan, I, I would have liked to have kept Lonergan, actually, because he's a good backup keeper. He's a good shot stopper. And he's um, he is liable to a really good run of form as he did this season, but I think he probably deserves first team football somewhere else. In fairness to him, totally agree. I mean, my my own point of view is very similar um, in terms of Craig Davis. Maybe I'll come on to him. He's not been mentioned so much yet. I think his his return, his goals. Granted, he's had a, a lot of time out injured. He's never been truly first choice, mainly as a result of his fitness, and he just can't rely on these people and. It's unfortunate for him because his form in the first month or so after Lennon took over was great. It was Kevin Davies-esque, I might even uh, dare to venture. But with your hamstrings are made out of cheese like it is seemed to be, he's never going to be a popular uh, popular starter just for the style of play. He's quite robust, doesn't tend to last long before he gets injured. So I've no issue with that. I've no issue with any of them, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, uh, moving on slightly from that, we've got... The, the, the comment that arose this morning in the paper with the, uh, the the massive figure of £5 million a year saved in wages. So best part of £100,000 a week shaved off the uh, the wage bill. I mean, it's difficult because obviously we've been cost-cutting now for, what, three summers on the on the run? Um, Liam, I'm going to come to you in a second to see if you think that's sustainable. But I know from my own point of view, there comes a time where you're chipping away at the quality so much year on year that eventually you're left with not a great deal. And I think this is a very important summer on that basis because we're down to the bare bones now. Do you think, uh, as our resident Glasgow Celtic expert, do you think that Neil Lennon's got it in him to uh, to resurrect the team from, from the bare bones he's been left with at this minute in time into a coherent promotion-chasing outfit? To be honest, I don't think Jesus Christ could do it. <laughs> I, I think, really, we're, we're very much caught in a very difficult summer because we're very a takeover and investment 
it's going to be a case of trimming, trimming, trimming to make us prove that we can be a sustainable football club and attract a buyer. For me, it's clear that Davis has had enough for whatever reason. And, you know, thank him for everything that he's done for us. But for me, we're, we're just showing that we can be a reliable business at the moment. So I would, unless we got taken over, I would not expect any investment into the team. It'd be another case of seeing where we can save money. Now, where that leaves Lennon, I think, yeah, he could probably create a, you know, a side that can compete. And you see it sometimes where a team will do it on that sort of basis. I think, you know, Blackpool a few years ago managed to do it and arguably Burnley have had that success. But can you rely on a manager to be able to do that? No, no, you can't. And it's, it's unfair to even think that we could suggest that you could do it. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And it, and it is more hope than expectation, isn't it, as we come into the season? Uh, Dan, what, what's your point of view? Five million a year sounds really good, but it's not like he's going to have five million to spend on new yeah. players. So, uh, so, so... Investment obviously is key, external or internal. Where do you see it coming from? Nowhere, to be honest with you. Because as much the, even though the pipe dream rumours keep coming up, another one today from uh, was it Middle East? So probably Israel again, coming up in the the sun today. I think it was. So there must be something happening for all these rumours to keep happening. So there must be something. As much as the club keep denying it, there must be some talks going on somewhere, or someone is saying something somewhere to make this happen, to make the news. Noteworthy. Mm. So there is, I think there is a flicker of hope, but I don't know. I just can't. We've talked about it so many times, and I just can't see us getting anything. As I've said, the five million a year, I think that is a very good sum to get shedded off for players who are mostly backup players, like Beckford and Andrews, I believe, were some of the highest earners at the club. And I wouldn't be. It's really good to get them finally off the wage bill and everything. And that does free up. That does free up a lot of room for Lennon to work within the wage department because even though we won't have a lot to a lot of funds to buy players, it'll mean he can hopefully give a couple of high wages to um, free agents coming in, you know, the likes of Enrich and uh, Singh, players who may, might just be tempted by that extra couple of grand to come in if the, if we can now afford it. So it is that is a positive thing that we've got so much high wages off. And if, and if Bogdan does leave as well, then that'll be even more, unfortunately, off the wage bill as well, even though I would love Bogdan to say, obviously. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I hope he does stay. And again, I agree with you. It's difficult to see where this investment is going to come from. But I do think we've got the best manager we can possibly have to make the ben- make the best of that. Um, Rob, to, to finish off, uh, five million a year save sounds great. But what can you see happening? I know it's the same question. We just asked Dan, but I think there's enough mileage in it to justify it. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to look at are, are people going to want to come to us? Even if we have money, are they really going to want to come and sign for a team that's realistically just avoided relegation to League One, doesn't really have a great squad. They'd be coming into a, a team that's not that great. And there's teams that have softer league like Ipswich and uh, Brentford, who've done really well this year. He might be a more, well, or like uh, Middlesbrough, they don't go up. Or, I mean, it's not that attractive uh, um, an option, are we, I don't think. Um, no, and that's why so I, I, I agree with people who are saying that the, we've maybe kept the most important one of all, and that's Lennon, because if you've got yeah. a... A bit of a ramshackle team in a mm. less than glamorous part of the world. We're not in a money swimming round. The only thing, the only asset you've really got is the name of the manager, and and I think to to keep him and to have him on board is probably the best thing we can hope for going forward. I mean, we spoke about it a little bit last week, but as far as the season next goes, I think it's been a bit of a reality check this last couple of days that whilst we might be romantic and we might dream about promotion charges and we might dream about winning the league, playoffs, etc. I think, as Mark said, we've all come, we've now all come round to that kind of realization that that is a bit of pie in the sky thinking that, isn't it, Rob? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, Lennon, like you say, Lennon is the uh, like the real good plus point for us. He can <clears throat> his name could bring in players like Anthony Stokes has been mentioned with us. If we have a bit more cash now, we might be able to pay him enough to come. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a positive there, and we've got um, like young players with Clough and Vela who've been who've come on massively this year. So I think there's some positives there in terms of what Lennon can do with players and possibly the players he can bring in. Definitely, and uh, and we'll come on to talk about those young players in a little while. So ju- just to bring this segment to a, a close, like I said, we're, we're going to whiz through it fairly swiftly tonight because we've all got lives. But releasing the players, I think it's all sensible. I think we, it's the cuts that we need to make. It's just debatable where the club goes from here. Obviously, it's only early days in the transfer window where the transfer is not even officially open yet, is it? Seeing a few people here and there panicking a little bit and, you know, with the trans- the season's been finished nearly a week or so now, two weeks, I guess, and uh, not a lot of progress being made as yet. But slow and steady wins the race. I think we've got the right manager in charge. Let's, let's see how we go. So thanks for that, lads. We'll just close that segment up now and we'll be back to you in a couple of moments' time discussing the exciting world of new contracts. Thanks. Okay, welcome back everybody to the podcast that I'm reliably informed is the favourite of the entire Barcelona First Eleven. Um, Love Pod's back, number 11. Can you believe we've made it that far? Flipping heck. Um, Segment two, new contracts. Uh, I'm still joined by Dan, Rob and Liam. Um, Talks are ongoing still with the, uh, the four players well, three and a half players that we know the club are discussing with. I'm going to say Heskey is the half because we've had the uh, the, the tweet from his management company that he's, he's signed a new 12-month contract. No official word yet from the club, uh, but we'll come on to that in a minute or two. But Adam Bogdan, Darren Prattley, and of course our beloved Ida Johnson. Talks are ongoing to try and renew the contracts of uh, of those four players. Um, are you worried, uh, Rob, I'm going to come to you first. Are you worried that there's been no positive news on any of them from the club at this point? Um, a little bit. Um, I think with Prattley and Ida, I, I can't see them going, to be honest. I don't see anyone wanting Prattley. I mean, he's had a good year this year, but I can't see him leaving. And Ida, he, he loves Bolton, so he's going to stay. Um, I think the biggest problem is Bogdan. Um, we mentioned in the first section that um, we don't actually have a goalkeeper if he leaves, so... That's obviously a huge issue, but obviously we have the money that we've raised from um, letting rid of pe- getting rid of people like Mills and Beckford and Andrews. So we might have a bit more money we can throw at him. It's just if he's got better offers or uh, more money from the Premier League potentially, then he might he might want to move on and further his career. But um, that's the biggest problem I can see. True, true. Well, there was talk, um, I mean, after his performances against Liverpool in the Cup, that Liverpool would be after him. I'm not sure how true that is. They couldn't, uh, could do a lot worse, considering that clown they've got in there at the moment. Um, Dan, um, Bogdan Prattley, Ida, um, in, in order of preference, who, who do you think we need to sign first, bearing in mind that uh, Lennon must be confident in getting at least Bog, one of Bogdan or Amos to have let the situation develop to this point? Um, that's a good question, actually. Um... Thank you. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm here for. No, I think I think Bogdan is the most important name. Even if even if Amos Amos would certainly be a good, probably even a more reliable replacement because Bogdan's obviously got his injury problems. If we could get him in, if Bogdan did decide to leave, which he should do, I I love him and I'd, I'd adore him forever if he stayed. But as as a professional, he should back himself to go into better things now, in my opinion. But um, yeah, I think he is a must. I think if we manage to keep him down to another two three year deal, then he would. Be probably be the best that anyone will make all summer because he is just a class goalkeeper, easily. And he's improved over the last 
24 months or so. He's improved all facets of his game so much. He's just a really reliable, fantastic goalkeeper now. I think I agree. with Prattley, I think you have to remember Prattley, he's only in the past four years he's had two good frame of spells and he's now 30 year old Prattley and he's just coming coming back from a bad hamstring injury. I don't he's think, a high earner as well. Yeah, exactly. I don't think he. I love him today because he was really good last year, but I, I can genuinely see it happening as we splash out to keep him and he ends up being shite next year again. I can just genuinely see that happening, and it'll be like the Neil Dance thing. We give him a new contract, and he after he fully really deserved it, and then he just his form goes to complete pot. So I wouldn't. I'm not too. I'm not too worried about Prattley to be honest with you, because I think he is more of a replaceable player, even though he was really good at the end of last season. And then with Ida, I, I think he'll stay as well. I can't see why he wouldn't want to really just another year. Then call it a day. Jobs yeah, are done. Seems fair. Uh, Liam, uh, Tim Ream, top player, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, great player, great player. Good man. Um, well, what are your thoughts on the on the uh, the famous four? Well, to be honest, I do agree with Dan. I don't think any of them are worth losing any sleep over. I think Bogdan's either gone or should go. I think if he stays, you've got to question his, his personal ambitions. But it'd be great if he did. But just assume Bogdan goes, and I think with Prattley, yeah, you know, he's, he he was great this year when he was when he was fit. But we're not. He's a high earner. We're not talking a technically gifted player. We're talking a very good athlete. You know, he works very hard for the team. And if he's on, if he is, you know, like reported one of the high earners at the club, I just think that that's a position that can be replaced quite cheaply. And I think with the links with, you know, Rodolph Austin, for example, I just think, you know, maybe with his injury record, it's a good time to cut loose. But mm. I'm not going to lose sleep over Prattley. And, and again, Adigo Johnson, he's going to sign in it. I, I can't see him not signing it. And if I he think doesn't, so. I still love the guy, so and again, you know, and, and Heskey, well, he's Heskey in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to come to that in a second. I was I was going to go through you one by one, but I, maybe I'll bring that a bit forward. We'll start with you, Rob. I'm one word, a one word only, no cheating. Are you happy that Emil Heskey's going to re-sign for another twelve months? Uh, no, <laughs> Dan. <laughs> yeah, Liam. Yes. Okay, well, I change my mind more often than I change my underpants, so I'm going to abstain on that particular one. <laughs> It's important, I think, that we keep all of them. I'm going to put my. I'm going to take a bit of a turn from what you boys have said. I know Dan likes being contrary, Mary, but I'm going to no take way. that position uh, now. I think it's important we keep Bogdan because, yeah, Amos is a fine keeper, no problem at all with that one. But he's not as experienced as Bogdan, and I think in this league that says a lot. Prattley, I agree, high earner, but again, what are his options? What are his alternatives? Let's shave ten grand a week off what we was paying him at last uh, last season. Test his loyalty. Ida and Heskey are both in the same boat. They're both cheap. They're both useful. Um, yeah, no-brainer on there. So I'm going to say keep all four. Um, the four players, the uh, academy graduates that we turned into into full pros, we've got Tom Walker, Rob Holding, uh, Campbell Young, I can't remember his first name. Channing. Uh, Cha- yeah, there you go. I should have known that, shouldn't I? And uh, Ivan Vassi, who, who at the minute, in this minute in time, the only bonus I can tell from him is that his name has the same number of syllables as Ivan Campo so should he ever make it into the first team we've got a ready made song there um, Walker obviously broke through made 11 appearances, scored one slightly dodgy goal against Wigan but overall did uh, enough to deserve his contract as far as I'm concerned, I know Holding's well thought of in the reserves but obviously didn't really do too much on loan at Berry. I think he only played once and of course we signed Campbell Young from Spurs and Rassi from City 
Um, Liam, I'm going to come to you in a sec uh, to see if you know anything about these lads. And now's a quick chance to, to Wikipedia them if you don't. <laughs> I think it's interesting that we're, we're porting in kids from other academies, Premier League academies, who maybe aren't quite good enough to make the grade up there. It sounds a little bit like Lennon's transfer. Oh, there you go. There's yeah. the... There's the love dog, the official dog of the line of Vienna Sweet Podcast. Early appearance uh, today. So alongside Quade Taylor, we've obviously got um, these two lads coming in, sort of supplementing the kids we're bringing through from our own uh, our own academy, maybe with the best of the uh, of the other people's academies too, which is an interesting strategy. Uh, as I was just about to say before, I was rudely interrupted by the official dog. Um, it reminds me a bit of Lennon's transfer strategy up in Scotland, obviously taking a few waifs and strays in there in the likes of uh, Hooper, Wanyama, people that may be lower level elsewhere, not quite making the grade, and then port them up into being uh, you know, world-recognised, you know, world I guess, but most of all, expensive players for teams to buy, which is good. Um, so, Liam, what, what are your thoughts on the four that we've, uh, we've given the, for the pro- professional contracts to? Well, congratulations to them all, first of all. Big, very much a big deal, isn't it? You know, your first mm. pro deal, setting off, you know, your career's well in front of you. I mean, in terms of what I've seen, obviously Walker is, is the obvious one. And, uh, yeah, you know, he's, he's done very well. Um, as for the other guys, I don't know anything about Vasily or Campbell Young, and uh, my computer isn't loading as fast as I can, so I can't even really fake the knowledge for you. But all I would say is, you know, for me, Celtic days, Neil Lennon's got an absolutely fantastic record of bleeding the young lads in. So I imagine all of these have been taken with the best care. And yeah, I'm excited to see them all in action. Fair dues. Um, Dan, are you happy to see Quay Taylor given another contract? Yeah, definitely. We discussed it on the, uh, not last week, the week before podcast, me and me, Rob and Lee. And we was, I didn't actually know he only had, uh, only had um, a year on his contract. So I was, qu- I was quite happy. I'm really happy he's signed a new deal because he impressed a lot. In his debut, and he was against a very difficult customer in Clayton Donaldson, and I think he handled himself very well. And um, with the obviously the financial limitations we have, we might be forced to see a bit more Taylor in the coming season if centre backs are hard mm-hmm. to come by. So I'm yeah happy he signed a new deal. And with the other four youngsters, I think I didn't even know Walker wasn't pro. To be honest with you, I because obviously yeah. I hadn't heard anything until he's in team. So I'm, I'm, well, he wouldn't have pro- probably wouldn't have played. Yeah. Uh, sorry to interrupt. He probably wouldn't fair. have played if we hadn't have had the injury problems that we had. So yeah. who, who knows which direction his career could have gone? I mean, with with Taylor, I think it's important. And we've had this problem in the past where we've had people like Connolly, um, where we've had the, the captain of the reserve team. It never even had a sniff for the first team plays. Whereas for me, if you're captaining, if you're good enough to be the captain of the reserve team, you should be on the bench for the first team most weeks. Um, but please carry on. Sorry, I interrupted your flow a bit then. No, it's fine. You make a very good point. Yeah, Taylor, and I think I like the like look of Taylor. He looks like a centre back who's very comfortable on the ball and looks to run forward with it. And we've not had one of them since Gary Cale, really. No, so that's true. I'll be, I'm interested to see how he develops. And um, yeah, I'm quite surprised Holding got a new deal because, like I said, he didn't do much at Bury, and I thought he'd be go along the same route as um, Niall Maher and probably get let go of this year. Mm. But if it's highly thought of, I'm quite interested to see what he does. And then obviously Campbell Young, I've seen his name mentioned but don't know anything and I've never even heard of Wassey before. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do. Definitely. And uh, just a quick one before I pass on to Rob. What do you think of Quaid Taylor's sideburns? Are they going to stay or do they have to go? <laughs> stay because that is cool, as that? I mean, that you don't see that in football much anymore. No, they're say, proper... Proper Yorkshire mutton chops, them aren't they? <laughs> Defo, hi. Brilliant. Um, Rob, again, same same topic, same question, really to you. Um, are you happy with these guys? Any issues? Any points? Any problems? You know, yeah. What do you think about their haircuts? Just give us a minute to see what you think. <laughs> um, I'm happy about Walker to start with. 
Um, I've I've been really impressed with him this year. Um, he's looked good. He's got got he's got a good cross on him, which is something we've lacked a lot of times this year. Um, and he looked quite confident. He just needs to bulk up a bit and work on his stamina, I think. Um, and he should be a good addition to the squad. Um, I don't know anything about Campbell Young or uh, the other guy, but I know I've heard of Ivan Wassi before, and um, I looked him up this afternoon actually on the and I found a profile of him on Man City's website. Oh yeah, um, and apparently he's a really popular guy, um, nice attacking wing back, which is um, something we're actually in quite dire need of. So we don't have any fullbacks, so um, yeah, it'd be good to see how he progresses. And uh, he's got some nice, he had some nice uh, dreadlocks as well. So interesting. We've we've not had a good uh, dreadlock player since Ricardo Gardner left, and maybe that's uh, uh, you know something to be said because obviously that time we were a top ten Premier League club playing in Europe, and when we got rid of the dreadlocks, you know now we're suddenly in the Championship. So that's interesting. Um, okay, that's great. I, I fully endorse all those opinions, and I think it's an exciting future for the club. It's about time we started putting a bit of faith in the academy. We've pumped enough money in the thing over the years. Um, before we close this segment, and again, I know we're whizzing through it, but uh, that's such is life. Um, there was a bit of a, a, a funny conversation took place in the secretive line of Vienna Facebook gossip chat column where we all talk about what articles we're planning, we slag off listeners who've bugged us, you know, we talk about Alan Nixon and people like that. Yeah, totally in a, an environment where we can't be sued for it as well. But Jamie Thomas, um, promising young striker with the uh, academy side, was offered an extension to his academy terms. He wasn't. He didn't turn pro as many expected and, and he's now deleted the tweets as a certain handsome host predicted. Um, he tweeted about maybe hinting at leaving Bolton Wanderers. Of course, it was vague enough for it not to be related to that at all. And for us totally to have got the wrong end of the stick. Um, but in brief, um, starting with you, Rob, do you he, think that was the right way for him to respond? Or do you think it's just an indication of the fact he's a young lad, he's going to be emotional, and we should maybe grow up a little bit? Um, I think it was quite a cryptic tweet, wasn't it? It's something about change. Um, I don't know if he's looking for some new sideburns or doing some deadlocks, <laughs> I don't know. But um, I don't know. I don't think... I think players have a right to tweet about stuff, but then, yeah, I'm, I don't really think it's that much of a problem, to be honest. Um, but I'm Fair excited enough. about him staying with Bolton. He looks like a really good player. He scored um, 32 goals in the last two seasons for the under-18s, and he scored a winner against Blackburn in the under-21s last month as well. So, yeah, he looks like a really good prospect. So I hope, they, um, I hope he stays on. Yep, same. Uh, Liam, were you a bit surprised that he wasn't offered pro terms? Um, it's not like they've let him go. You know, and perhaps perhaps they just haven't seen enough in him to necessarily offer him the pro terms. It's a big, you know, it's a big commitment. You're taking him on properly. Um, you know, and as for the tweet, it's just like, you know, like we keep on mentioning, just a cryptic tweet. Everyone look at me, you know, are, are you okay, Jamie? Keep your chin up. We love you at Bolton. It's just an attention-seeking little stab. I'm not surprised he's taking it down. He probably had a couple of his first beards when he did it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> best of luck to him. You know, keep plugging away. We, we've all had it. We've all been annoyed at our employers before. Um, but I would get in serious trouble if I had a dance where I work. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, aren't you? Aren't you self-employed? You should maybe take a good long hard look at your own Twitter feed before you start slagging off Jamie Thomas's pal. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Dan, do you want to bring the segment to a close with your own thoughts on the matter? Yeah, I think I. I hope Thomas says as as Rob says. I think he's a very good prospect. He scored a boatload of goals and whenever the youth team are playing, it always seems like Thomas is the one who's bagging the goals. And he's a Welsh international, another youth international, along with uh, 
Woodland, who's obviously been gone now. But um, yeah, I think with his tweet, I think it was a little premature of him. I think if you look at Walker, he's played 11 games and only just gone pro now. And I think Thomas is a year or two younger than him. So I think just be patient. You'll get your chance because you're good. If you're good enough, you'll get your chance. Don't don't get don't let your relative success so far go to your head. Just keep plugging away. Lennon's a good manager. He's seen you can see what he's done with the youth players in just six months. Keep your head down. Do continue what you're doing because you're doing really well, and you'll get your chance under Lennon as he's proved it. So I, I'm, I'm excited. I hope if he stays, which I hope he does, I can I can see him being a real impact um, in, in the future. Fair enough. Uh, and I'm going to bring this to a close with another quick fire question to you all. In, in one word, do you think footballers? should have social media accounts, Rob? Yes. Dan? Yes. <laughs> what if I, if I offered you a second word, would it be kinder? Or maybe? Um, <laughs> I have to give them social media lessons these days. Um, yeah. True. Good, uh, true. True. Get Liam? Yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I agree with you all. I think they should be allowed them. But as Rob said there, I think they should maybe be a bit more savvy. Yeah. But, you know, they're all human beings at the end of the day. Let's maybe uh, look at our own Twitter accounts and see the sort of crap we put on there every day before we start judging someone else's. But that's great for that segment, lads. Um, we'll be back to you in a couple of minutes' time with the awards. Um, we're all going to go and put on our rented tuxedos. Um, we've all hired a limo. We're going to be heading down there. We'll see you in a couple of minutes' time outside the venue. Cheers. Bye. Welcome back to segment three of Love Pod 11. Uh, it's the awards party. Woo, yeah! I can't believe there's so many people here tonight. I've just seen Dave Clifton from Radio Norwich over in the corner. Wow, who else have I seen? I've seen Toby Anstis. I've seen uh, Spit the Dog and Bob Carroll G's. We've all the B-listers out here tonight. Rumours of Angelina Jolly trying to get in, being turned away because she's wearing trainers have been unproved at this moment in time. What we're going to do is read out the nominations. Um, our lovely Ant and Deck impersonator, otherwise known as Dan Murphy, is going to open the magic golden envelope, let you know who wins, and then we're going to discuss whether we think you, the lovely listeners, readers, were right in your uh, decision. So, first one, we've got the worst moment of the season. I'm not sure why Dan's allocated that to me. Maybe he thinks I'm good at giving out bad news. Um, but the nominations are, first one, Fulham, Four Bolton nil, the last game of Dougie Freeman's reign of terror. Second choice, Forest four Bolton one. Hmm, Friedman again. Option three was Lee Chung Yong leaving for Crystal Palace. Option four being Zach Clough's injury against Reading. Five being the last minute goal phenomenon that we experienced over the course of the season. And six being the Bannon and Dan's scandal. Dan, open the envelope. Let us know what one. Do you like my, like my sound effect then? I think really you know good. what? I actually thought if you had, would have got a proper envelope and, and actually <laughs> opened it on the microphone. We, we, we probably should have, we should have done that, shouldn't we? I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> uh, we'll, do that, we'll do that next year. Go on, give us the winner. The winner, with 44% of the votes, was the last minute goal phenomenon. Right, well, no complaints there from me. Uh, Liam, are you happy with that one? Well, or, or oh, you're unhappy yeah. with that one, I should say, given the nature of the uh, the uh, the yeah, nomination. It, it was absolutely ridiculous, and it was just week after week after week. Um, I will touch on Chungi leaving though, because that that pull at my hamstrings, I felt like I'd been I'd lost a child. It was it was awful. Chung-y a Lee. Korean child that you never had. <laughs> yeah, it was awful, absolutely awful. Fair enough. 
Rob, last minute goals. Did they uh, did they get your goal over the course of the season? And would you have chosen that category yourself? Um, it's probably about right, but I didn't actually vote for that. I voted for the Fulham match just because that's the worst moment of my life supporting Bolton. It's a horrendous match. Bloody hell, so you didn't go to the Stoke semi-final then? Oh, I did. bring but... that up. Oh yeah, <laughs> talk about that. So. I've still never seen the highlights from that game. No, uh, no. I can't remember which one I voted for, but I, I'll, I probably would have gone for the Forest one just purely because Friedman is such a twat. Um, <laughs> but that's fine. Fair enough. I think we can all agree that the last-minute goals were a right swine over the course of the season. And uh, Liam, what what for you got there? You're, you're, I noticed you're at the podium there with uh, Emma Forbes from CBBC. Very nice of her to turn up tonight. But uh, what are your nominations? Well, I have asked her to be quiet while I read them out, so I'll, I'll be quick. Um, <laughs> mine are for best moment of the season. And the nominations are Matt Mills' equaliser versus Chelsea, Emil Heskey's debut goal, the emergence of Zach Clough, Joe Mason's hat-trick, Shungi finding his form again, and Ida Good Johnson's return. Dan, and the winner is... With a big 48% of the vote, it is the emergence of young Zach Clough. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Emma, shut up, Emma. He's trying to be serious. Well, um, I think I agree with that one, personally. I think I think that was the one I voted for. It's probably the one highlight of a really dreary season, seeing him just absolutely tear heads, because he was fucking good when he was playing. What about you, Chris? Yeah, um, I, I definitely wouldn't have voted for Joe Mason's hat-trick because they were all flukes. <laughs> Matt Mills' equaliser, I didn't go to that one, but Heskey's goal, uh, Clough, Chungi, or Good Johnson, quite happy with any of them. I think I voted for Good Johnson. Um, so, you know, screw you all again. Rob, what did you go for? Can you remember? Yeah, I voted for Matt Mills just because <laughs> I was there and it was awesome. Yeah, I tell a lie, I voted for Matt Mills actually because I was there <laughs> and it was the best moment last season it was amazing but I'm, I've <laughs> described that in detail about three times on this podcast now so I'm not doing it again but I've got to say Liam or Chris whoever degraded Joe Mason's hat trick that got one vote one vote was that, that Joe Mason voting for that probably <laughs> no, it was my mate who's a Wigan fan who only voted for it because I told him nobody had voted for it so technically Joe Mason got no votes well, I think that sums up Joe Mason's career uh, quite nicely. Uh, Liam, to, to close this, this particular category out, um, what, what did you vote for and why? I, I voted for Emil Heskey's debut goal. Um, that was an incredible moment. It's what football's all about. Um, absolutely chastised in the second he came on from a full black and he, uh, within minutes, he does that. He just sets the internet alight. He, it was br- absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And he, he turned the game, it. man. Blessing. So, yeah, I voted for that. Fair dues. Uh, we'll move on to uh, to Rob. Rob, who are you joined with tonight? I'm joined with by Emma Bunton, fresh from uh, <laughs> Jerry Halliwell's wedding the other day. She's uh, popped along to see us. I think she's still drunk, so um, I'll quiet in the corner. Um, but I have in my hand the nominations for the funniest moment of the season. And the nominations are Andy Kellett, signing for Manchester United on transfer deadline day in January. And uh, Jim White announcing to uh, break the internet, basically, that <laughs> Andy Kelly was moving to our lesser-known rivals. Um, Emil Heskey kicking Darren Prattley in the head. Um, and then Prattley <laughs> himself attempting a scorpion kick and landing on his face. Um, and as Neil, um, then Emil Heskey's debut goal, as Liam's just been describing. And finally, the demise of Wigan Athletic. And uh, over to you, Dan. Who's the winner? Unfortunately... I'm a bit disappointed in the fan base for being so 
obsessed. But the winner is Wigan Athletic with a big 50% of the <laughs> votes. That's the only thing they won all season, the prick. Set them an award. Oh, I'm sorry for Hester turning up a few times in the funniest moment. I feel like we maybe have been a bit mean in hindsight. <laughs> but it was so funny. Right. <laughs> Not many people remembered that kick in the head, but it was so funny, right? Because Prattley, he jumped his sword into the air to try and win the ball and just fucking kicked Prattley in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I tell you, though, my, my vote was um, Andy Kelly going to United because that was the most surreal moment. I was just sat there, just dreary, dreary um, deadline day. The note of nowhere, Jim White. But at uh, United are signing Bolton's left back Andy Kelly. What? And all United fans just not knowing who he was. Oh man, it was beautiful. I think my favourite bit about that was when someone put didn't someone put on Wikipedia that yeah. it was Gareth, Gareth Bale's brother or something, and all these United fans in India ran with it. And uh, next thing you know, it was being reported in the. Uh, I think yeah. Nixon picked it up at some point and all. Oh, big! I think it was Big Wesley on Twitter. So shout out to him for doing that because it was pretty amazing. Fair enough. I, I think I, I would. Uh, I can't remember which one I voted for. I, as usual, I probably should have paid more attention. But uh, I don't think we had a podcast. Did we back when these, like, this article went up? So we weren't. Maybe can be excused for not thinking that far ahead. But I've got to give special praise to Wigan for this season. You've been making my side split all year. Um, I, I will miss you from a from a you know a sympathetic point of view. In much in the way that you miss like a a boil on your on your your finger or something that drops off. You know, it's part of you for quite a while. But ultimately. It's probably best that it disappears and, and never ever comes back again. Um, Liam, what did you vote for and why? I voted for Wigan. Uh, Good man. It's been an, I mean, since I've actually lived in Wigan for pretty much the past year, it's been such a source of joy for me. <laughs> Every single week, just walking to the train station, just the sun shining more, walking a little bit taller. It's just been a fantastic year. And they have suffered, they have suffered, and it's been absolutely fantastic to watch. Good. Um, and Robbie, did you vote for? Um, I voted for Emil Heskey's goal against Blackburn, just because it was amazing. What? Oh, no, that was funny. It was good, but it was funny. I went, I sit right next to the away fans, so when that happened, I went to the stairs and just went on the floor laughing, because it, so, <laughs> it was so funny. I couldn't believe what I'd just seen. It was just the swag he celebrated with, just <laughs> lifting his arms up, no fucks given. What a, it what was. A it's, if, if I'd have known how to do it, I think I'd done one of them thug life vines at that point. <laughs> it feels good to be a gangster. That would have been funny. Um, I, I know it's a bit too late for including it now, but I just want to give a special wildcard nomination for uh, Steven Gerrard's last match at Anfield <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I think I would have voted for that. And, and I don't know if you've seen it, but if you have, you know, you know what I'm talking about. There's actually a vine out there of um, him from Nickelback. And, <laughs> Oh, brilliant. If, if, you, if you search for, for Stephen Gerrard Nickelback fine, it's uh, Chad Kroger from Nickelback. Um, this, this this picture makes me laugh every time. And honestly, if you've got an, another half who's a Liverpool supporter, they won't find it half as funny as you do, even the eighth or ninth time that you're pushing it in the face to have a look at it. But trust me, it's well worth a look. Um, okay, so that's that's great. I've no problem with any of those uh, any of those nominations and the winner. So congratulations to you, and I hope you enjoy your uh, fortnight all inclusive in Butlins in Patheli. Um I've got game of the season next. Um, delighted to be joined by Neil Bonner uh, of the Bolton News. Neil, how are you doing? I'm all right. What do you think of the line of Vienna Suite, Neil? I think it's brilliant, but I don't like Liam O'Mara. Well, I'm sorry, but he's here to stay. Game of the season nominations: uh, Bolton on? three, Watford four. Blimey, that was a that was a bit of a headache of a match. That one, Liverpool nil, Bolton nil. Sterling performance by the lads there. Uh, Bolton three, 
Wigan 1, Bolton 2, Blackburn 1, and Bolton 3, Brentford 1. So, a bit of a mix. Uh, Dan, put us out of our misery. Winner, please. I think there could only be one, and with 39% of the vote this time, it is Bolton Wanderers 3, Wigan Athletic 1. Excellent. Excellent stuff. I, I voted for that. Double. Yeah, I voted for that. I mean, we don't want... I know that's probably what... Wigan have won two columns now. How many matches did they win all season? They're probably on to equal that target. Rob, which, which one did you go for and why? I went for the Wigan game as well. Yeah. Sensible. Hands down. Liam? Yeah, the Wigan game as well. Came back all the way with my girlfriend driving me home, waving my scarf at them all, all the way back to Wigan. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, that was some Friday night, yeah. Fantastic game. Um, That's a bit unfair. They probably viewed you as a witch going past in a, in a, on a vehicle that wasn't horse-drawn. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I I did I did nearly pick Bolton three Watford four, but I just thought, why am I picking a game we lost? That's just that's just Correct. nonsensical. So I, just, I didn't go for that in the end. That's the smart. That's the smart Alec answer. That Dan, which one did you go for and uh, and why? I think I may have gone for Bolton two Blackburn one just because of Heskey and it was the full crowd roaring once again. But I think I can't have no complaints for Bolton three one. That was definitely the peak of Lennon's revival. Just the, all the the football we played that day. Chung Young Lee was on all fire in all cylinders. That pass he played for Clayton for his first goal for the club was astonishing. And it was and Craig Davis scoring a towering header. It was really was like the peak of. Um, the revive the mini revival Lennon had here, so I can't I can't no complaints with the winner. Speaking of Clayton, before me on, I, I forgot to say I had um, a message off someone on Twitter before saying that they've spoken to someone they know in the club, and that Clayton they're going to announce he's going to be out until Christmas, which is a bit of a shitter. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, w- w- you know what are we here for if not to re- repeat random gossip with no sources? Um, but Liam, you're up next. I I am, and it's the uh, the most prestigious one that they are, the goal of the season. Mm-hmm. Not, I know, I know, I know. Hold, hold on, here we go. The nominations are Sadie Yanko versus Fulham, Zach Clough free kick versus Wolves, Ida Good Johnson versus Cardiff, fan of the site Neil Dans versus Brentford, Mark Davis versus Brentford, or Darren Prattley versus Millwall. And the winner... Um, the readers for once echoing my thoughts with a massive 65% of the votes. Oh, shit, no, that's the wrong one. Never mind that. 28% of the vote. <laughs> was, oh, Lord. Uh, it's his name. His name's everywhere. He's winning all the awards. But it was Darren Prattley versus Millwall. And, that, yeah, that's the one I voted for, too. What did you do, Chris? Uh, yeah, it may surprise you, but I can't remember which one I voted for. So my favourite my favorite on gut, uh, on gut instinct on that list is uh, is an emotional one. It's Ida against Cardiff, just because it's Ida. Rob? Yeah, I went with Ida as well, just because it's Ida. And it was an awesome goal as well. Heskey brought it down. Ida smashed it home. Very That's true. Awesome yeah. Liam? I actually went for the winner. Darren Prattley versus Millwall. Uh, fantastic goal. Absolute power and a top finish. Really, really good goal. Fair dues. I don't think, again, we've got no complaints with that. Um, Rob, you're up next. Yep. This award is the signing of the season. Um, the nominations are our favourite son, Ida Johnson, Emil Heskey, Barry Bannon, uh, our top scorer, Adam LaFondra, and this is a bit of a strange one, but Neil Lennon. So uh, over to you, Dan. Who's, who's our signing of the season? I've got to say, Dennis did a little bit of creative license and put Neil Lennon in there because that he was not that was Ben Amos originally but uh, gin, gingers seem to be interchangeable aren't they Chris so there's no worry excuse that. me excuse <laughs> me 
if you want any sort of part in this future podcast, I think you want to uh, you, you want to keep that sort of talk to him and just get on with your goddamn job. I, think, the award? I think you need to chill because your fellow Ginger did win with forty percent of the votes. Neil Lennon once voted sign of the season, just beating out Adam Lafondre. Master race, what can I say? I'm I, I'm very I'm delighted with that one. I, I'm kicking myself for not nominating Lennon in the first place because that's a very uh, we've already said tonight that's a very important name for the club going forward not only for the last six months I think I voted for Ida which may surprise all of you but uh, I think on hindsight I would have probably voted for Lennon because uh, he's the man I'm positive of that um, Liam sorry I forgot your name then Liam I, I did go for Ida just if nothing else but in a really dreary season it was a nice beacon of light just True. the excitement of seeing him coming back on again you know the anticipation in the stadium it was it was it was absolutely fantastic, and on that basis, I really went for for Johnson because it really was. It, 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 obviously, in terms of where the season was going at that stage, it was unlikely that we'd actually go down by that point. And I just think without Good Johnson, we really were just going to add absolutely nothing to to watch or look forward to. Well, year. what's football? What's football without Joe? Hey? Mm, exactly. I remember when I remember when he came on, and uh, and everyone was obviously they were all delighted, and then. The, the first thing he did when he got the ball, he did this sexy little half turn that he, he ran away from his man, and all of a sudden, you know, everyone forgot about the crap we were going through, and we were all transported back to those halcyon days in the late nineties when we had players from uh, well, as far away as South Africa, Denmark, etc., and, and we're actually a quite a decent football team. Certainly. Who did you vote for, Rob, for the uh, signing of the season? This won't surprise you. I went for Ida as well, um, just because I love him. He's amazing. Um, and yeah, I think he just brings a touch of class that no one else really has as well. <laughs> I mean, that goal that he set for Heskey was all about Ida, and then the goal against it, which is amazing. So uh, yeah, it's Ida for me. I voted for Heskey. I don't even give a shit. <laughs> I know, I was just thinking then, it's, it's, it's interesting to think that when Heskey signed, if he'd have been talking about end of the season award columns, whether he would have predicted Heskey would have been in quite so many of them. I know a lot of them's been falling on his face or something like that. But <laughs> his contribution to the games that we've won, um, his contributions to the to the goals of the season by his very presence, his signing of the season, blah blah blah. I'll tell you what, I don't think many would have predicted that. I'm telling you, I've got an article going up within the next couple of weeks or so about how Heskey deserves a new contract because a lot he's been getting a lot of shade off folk on the internet, and I'm not a fan of it. I don't, I, I, people not been watching us the last four months. We did. We did been very much even more fucked than we are if it weren't for Heskey this year. And I think he's not getting a lot of the credit he deserves because he's a donkey in front of the goal. But hey ho, what can you do? Here? What can you do indeed? Uh, right. So we're coming towards the end of the awards ceremony. Now everyone's looking a little bit tired. Everyone's had a bit of enough of all these awards. But don't worry, we'll refill your glasses and we'll crack on. I've got most improved player of the season. Uh, nominations are Darren Prattley, Andy Lonergan, Josh Vella. And Craig Davies. Dan, can you tell us who won? As I, was, as I said before, with a massive 65% of the vote, <laughs> it's no other, and thoroughly deserved, Darren Prattley. He's walking away with all the awards tonight. I have no complaints about that either. Um, it was either him or Vela for me. Davies and Lonergan's improvement was sporadic. Um, Vela and Prattley. Obviously, Vela, we didn't really see much of him last year, did we? Because he was on loan most of the time. But Prattley, uh, a worthy winner there. Liam, any, any complaints with that one? Um, yeah, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I thought Vela had walked that. I, I, think, <laughs> I think Vela, over the whole season, is a real success story, particularly at right back. He's not only established himself in the team, he's proved himself you know, as a key player and someone that we've discussed mm. on this pod as a, perhaps a captain for next season. 
Um, so to see Prattley, and who has been fantastic, by the way, but missed four months of the season, win that so convincingly, I must admit I'm a bit surprised. Bolton Wanderers fans, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're going to be even angrier with next award. He's not going to win the Young Player of the Year as well, is he? Who, Prattley? Yeah. <laughs> Go on, Rob. Most improved player of the year for Darren Prattley. Are you, are you comfortable with that, or does it leave you uh, spitting yeah. into your cornflakes with, with furious, uh, furious anger? I'm, I agree he's improved, but I'm not sure he's. I'm not sure he deserves that. I think Vela um, has been a much bigger improvement from him. I mean, he's a player who, if Friedman was still here, he'd be on a free transfer somewhere else, somewhere right. else. Now. And um, yeah, I think the growth in Vela is amazing. He's been fantastic this year. So yeah, nice by that one. Can I can I just interject? By the way, um, I've just seen a tweet that someone sent me from our. Uh, Another friend of the site, Alan Nixon, that I've not seen myself because unfortunately I'm not allowed to see his tweets anymore. But he's explaining to us that um, Dougie Friedman was trying to <laughs> his best to integrate Josh Feller all last season, yeah. but wasn't able to with the uh, with the way the club were managing the situation. Apparently they weren't ready, Liam. Do you, do you not know that? Apparently well, I, they weren't ready. And apparently no suitors wanted to, nobody wanted to take off on loan. So you can't call Friedman really. Come on. No, no. Well, nothing, suggests, uh, nothing suggests integration like banishing him to a different training pitch four days a week. Oh, yeah. And I mean, if it's not like Vela was felt horrible at the club and was a week away from leaving if Friedman hadn't fucked off, is it? So I, th- I think Friedman's getting a lot of unfair stick, to be fair. I think Josh Josh Feller's impatience, uh, you know, that, that's clearly the problem here, and not Dougie Friedman not having a fucking clue what he's doing. <laughs> he's going to be sat by November, the slimy twat. I don't think he'll last that long. <laughs> we can only hope. Liam, Liam, over to you for the uh, penultimate category. Well, it's um, I don't think we're going to have any surprises on the winner of this one. But here we go: the young player of the year, and the nominations are Josh Vella, Zach Clough, Max Clayton, or Tom Walker. Over to you, Dan. I think you're going to be disappointed, Liam. I think <laughs> possibly because with 53 percent of the vote, it's Tom. Nah, it's Zach Clough. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the least surprising award. That oh, I, I thought you would have wanted Villa to win it after your prior speech for his uh, for um, I could see the I could see I could certainly see where the popular demand was going to go on that one. Let's mm. put it that way. I thought um, it was Tom Walker. Really? Agree. Try to explain myself. I think. Go on, you might as I think well. Yeah, please, please do, please I think do. The way he was just thrown into the deep end into a position he's never played before and. The way he contended, he faded a lot, I'm not going to lie, but I think just the way he dealt with it, never played in the first team before, going into, being thrown right into the deep end in a position that was so unfamiliar to him, I think he caught really well and showed that even players we don't particularly know of in the academy could come up and surprise us at any moment. And he only, the, uh, he only got asking, six votes. So. You need to talk about Tom Walker there, mate, not Josh Vela. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. To keep this moving fairly swiftly on, Rob, young player of the year, Zach Clough, uh, you happy with that? Um, fairly, yeah. I mean, he's been fantastic when he did play, but Tom Walker's played more matches for us this year than Zach Clough. I think Walker's played one less, to be honest with you. Has he? I thought he yeah. played 13 and Clough played 12. Clough played 12, Walker's played 11. Well, no. that's important. That's the main thing, isn't it? <laughs> Hashtag fat <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sorry for destroying your argument there, Rob. All right, Poindexter. Let Rob carry on talking. Of course. Well, he's not played much this season, but when he did, he was awesome. So, um, yeah, I think that's fair. Fair enough. And Dan, um, you know, to, put you, to get you out of that box, I just put you in. <laughs> what, what do you think? 
Walker. Well, there we are. That's why we don't come to you first. <laughs> Rob, do you want to take us home on the uh, on this segment, which has been a lot longer than I anticipated, but I think it's been worth it. It's and been fun. Uh, Not to mention the celebrity guests we've had in here tonight. We, we got a bit bored of that halfway through, didn't we? Um, but, but Rob, Rob, just before you do, if fucking Tim Ream wins this, we're going to Liam, can you just ask your other half if she's there to make sure there's no sharp objects within reach, please? I'm ready. I'm sat on my hands. <laughs> we come to our final category of the uh, the Love Awards, and this is the Fans Player of the Year. I'm joined here by uh, club legend Goodney Bergson to present the award tonight. Thank you for joining, Goodney. Uh, let's crack on with the nominations. The nominations are Josh Bella, Ida Johnson, Zach Clough, Tim Ream... <laughs> And Darren Prattley. Over to you, Dan. Oh, please be Reem. Please, Before please, please. I announce the winner, I'd just like to say a big thank you to everyone who voted. There was a total, if my maths is correct, 2,575 votes in total. And hopefully that will go up next year. But thank you very much for your support. I've, Definitely. I've done, I've, I'm glad this has worked out as well as it has. But the winner of the Player of the Year with a massive 49% of the vote blasting away his nearest competitor by over 200 votes, please, is... Please, 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 please. No other than the Iceman himself, yeah. Ida yeah. Johnson. Yes! <laughs> I, think, I think you're out of going a big part to play in that, Chris. <laughs> well, what can I say? I'm never never one not to take on any of the, uh, the populist vote, which means getting more clicks on the website, of course. I'm, I'm delighted about that. Just because, I mean... Like I said to you before, what's football without joy? Yeah, you could make a case for Prattley, you could make a case for Vela, Clough, Liam could make a brilliant case for Tim Ream, but let's go with Ida Good Johnson because let's face it, he, he made us fall back in love with football a little bit and he's a handsome swine. Um, just a shame that he's married, but what can you do? Um, Dan, Ida, you happy? I'm delighted, obviously. I, I was very surprised when I went on to see that he'd won. I think I said, I think you're out of club, a big part to play in that, because he was nowhere near it until that went up, and I think all, <laughs> I think the population of Iceland got all of it and just all voted for him somehow. But yeah, he won by quite, quite a margin, and fair play to him, because he's world-class, isn't he? And I think, just to um, clean up the awards, um, third place was Tim Ream, <laughs> and second place was Josh Vella. So I think I probably voted for... Prattley. Prattley was my vote, yeah. But I'm very happy with the Johnson. How about you? Yeah, Liam, do you want to uh, come in on that one and just let us know why you think Tim Ream deserved to win the Player of the Year award? I um, I must admit, when it, and joking aside with Tim Ream, <laughs> I just think that <laughs> I must be watching a different player than everybody else when he wins these awards. It's fucking sick, it's, mate. It's just incredible. I, and I know I've been in over this and over this and over this in these podcasts, and I'm not going to bore you with it again, but what a fantastic result that is. I, that would be 100% my choice, Adagra Johnson. He's just been an absolute breath of fresh air about the place. And Chris, by putting that post up, you did us as Bolton Wonders fans a real justice. Well, I never thought I'd end up on Icelandic sports radio either, but uh, that, that was an interesting Saturday morning. Well, you know, um, doors will open. I um, I ended up on an American USMNT post for... Uh, I was quoted as saying that Timmy is the worst player to ever play for Bolton Wanderers. <laughs> That's so wrong. Is that, that why was, Tim, is that why he closed his Twitter account down? That was that was twelve months ago. That, that so I, at least I've, I'm a lot of things, but I'm, I'm certainly consistent um, with this. And you know, it's it's great that I'd have won it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil this by talking about Timmy too much. 
Who'd you vote for, Rob, in this prestigious award? Probably vote for the line of you know, official dog of the podcast, I expect. <laughs> I think I'm working up now, to be honest with you. I'm really happy that Ida won. I didn't actually vote for Ida, though. I voted for um, Josh Keller. Um, yeah, delighted that Ida's won it. That's fantastic. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, uh, that brings that little segment to an end. Um, if we can remember to do it, we'll, we'll come back and do these again next season, if we're still podcasting by that point, and if we've not been uh, usurped by the dogs, the budgies... The birds outside, anybody who fancies doing it. So thanks, lads. That's great. And thanks to everyone again who voted uh, to echo Dan's comments. We do appreciate all your support, both positive, negative, and somewhere in between. So thanks again, Emma Bunton, Emma Forbes, all the other famous people who have joined us today who would love to be a part of it, but unfortunately they've not got microphones. We'll be back in a couple of minutes to close the pod with the ever-popular question segment. We'll see you in a minute. We're back once again with the ill behaviour for the final segment of the Love Pod number 11. The question of the week caused a bit of consternation on the old Twitter. Who'd have thought that, eh, from the line of your uh, Twitter account? The question was, would you rather be in the Championship or the Premier League and why? I was going to read out every single one that replied with, are you being serious? But we would be here all night. So I'm not going uh, to do that. Plus, I don't agree with them. So it's my podcast. I'll do what I want. Mark Yeselewski, friend of the site, at Mark Y. If we're going to be inconsistent and lose a ton of games, I'd rather it be in the top flight plus games on TV. A point echoed by, very, uh, by a good number of our international listeners and supporters. Nick Wollstonehome at Wolsey28. Championship any day. In the Prem, post Big Sam, we were playing for eight winnable games. No expectations against top, one, uh, top half teams. Nick, fully, fully agree with you there. Shane McHugh at SMQ38, the Premier League, because that's where we belong. Also, it sucks not being able to see them on TV or match of the day. Match of the day is rubbish. Matthew Pryor at the Matthew Pryor. Premier League is the best league in the country. It's only right to want to play there, although it would be more than likely to be battling relegation each year, each season. I can see the negatives to being there, but you have to want to be the best. He's not been in our midfield since we've been relegated. I think that second bit might have been copied and pasted wrong. I Thanks don't know, for that's that. gone there. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis Baldwin at Lewis Baldwin 13, Premier League. Better players, better opposition, bigger crowds. And, this must be very important to Lewis, if you're in the Premier League, your stadium is on FIFA. There you go. FIFA shit, mate. Lewis, yeah, you need to buy Pro Evo, pal. This is the official uh, PlayStation game of the Line of Vienna Suite podcast. Smithy at IRS underscore 8, Premier League. It's a close call, but I hate Manish and Claridge more than Lineker and Shearer. Excellent point. Uh, Neither of whom have got jobs on the new Channel 5 uh, Football League show next season, which is good news for us all. Uh, James Twiddell. I know I said last week it was either Twidell or Twiddell, but I'm going to go with Twiddell. So please, James, correct me if I'm wrong. At James BWFC22. Championship brings out the best in fans, and if you aren't a good side, the Premier League is boring. Championship is very entertaining. Not saying I want to stay in this league for ages, though. James, again, echoing my own thoughts there. Uh, one of my favourite Twitter accounts, I don't mind saying it, Tony Coffee at the Tony Coffee. Premier League, if you're talking during Big Sam's glory years. Championship, if under Rioc and Todd, or just Todd. Best football you've ever seen. Sage words indeed. This is a new one for me. Soccer and socialism at Socialist Soccer. <laughs> Home games in the championship are usually a complete drag. Need to be in the Premier League to get attendance and atmosphere up. Also, championship refs are dire. Like watching American football at times. Stop and start. Spot on. 
Andy Platt at Bolton Platt as an armchair fan, Premier League, because then I get to watch a few games. Something that we can maybe uh, understand from a, an overseas point of view. It's something that we don't trouble with over here. We've got lots of football on telly, too much at times. Uh, at Amir Danai, again, apologies for mispronunciation, at Danai 1988. Premier League, better quality, more entertaining football. Championship full of teams that kick players with any quality off the park. Well, we certainly saw that with Clough, didn't we, later on? Uh, Matt Bottom at BKD is my hero. Big Kevin Davis is my hero too, Matt. Uh, I think the championship brings out the true supporters who support through thick and thin. Great away trips too. Chance to have success at the top of the league rather than relegation battles. But ultimately, Premier is where we want to get to. Let's all just enjoy the journey getting back there. The hard, bad times make the good times even better. So when we get back uh, to the Prem, trips to Reading in brackets 7-1, thanks for reminding us about that, Matt, will be worth it. At Chris Bradish, uh, Twitter handles imaginatively at Chris Bradish. I'm 29 and absolutely hate being in the championship. Was fine before our big stint in the Premier League, but not now. Hmm, interesting. Theo Joseph at Theo Theory is the final one for tonight. I think, unfortunately, with money having the effect on the game that it does, the Prem is the be-all and end-all. So an interesting range of opinions there from uh, from a, a selection of listeners. Like I said there were a lot of people who basically said you're talking absolute nonsense, which isn't that unusual. Um, but I'm going to come to you first in a second, Dan. Um, the question being exactly as it was to everybody else, Championship or Premier League, uh, which one would you rather be in and why? I prefer the Championship as a league. I think it's more entertaining to the last day. And like Any team, apart from Blackpool, obviously, and Wigan, poor little sods, can do anything... Can do it. Any team could go up and any team could go down, really. So it's the most entertaining league. But I think when you're in our position, when you're just shite and in the middle of it, and it's boring for the last three months of the season, it does become a complete drag when you're watching other yeah. utterly shite teams like Rotherham. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's got the added rivalry factor. But yeah, like Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday, and just you no, know, just the really like irrelevant teams. It's good talk about irrelevant. Next year we've got Bristol City Cup, but oh, they've man. been around over. Over 100 years and they never won a single trophy. I mean, what's the point of that? Exactly. And they were the last team who proper fucked up the Reebok after they lost because it was Jimmy Phillips' first game and we came from two down and won 3-2 and they all went ape shit. So I'm looking forward to them, actually, to be honest with you. But yeah, whilst I do Fair prefer right. the Championship to the bigger league, Premier League is the aim. Premier League's what you strive for and I'd rather be there than in this mediocrity, to be honest with you. Even if it is just for a season, just to be relevant again, as I was on about relevance. And, and do you do you care about the stadium being on FIFA? No, because FIFA's shite, mate. Good man, good man. I knew I kept you on here for a reason. Liam, where do you stand on the debate? Is he there? <laughs> Is he there? <laughs> I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll come to Rob while we try and sort out Liam's problems. I think he's just topped himself. That's news that Tim, Tim Ream came third in the Player of the Year award. Uh, Rob, Premier League or Championship? Um, somewhere in the middle. I think, like Dan said, I think Championship's more entertaining. Um the Premier League's just all about money, isn't it? Um, yeah. I think it's not going to be long before they sit away and there's no such no thing as the Premier League anymore. But anyway, yeah, it's all about money and how much money you've got. And if you, you can't really compete with teams like Chelsea, United and, uh, and uh, City. So, But then again, everyone wants to be there. So I'm going to say Championship is more entertaining. Fair enough. Um, I nailed my colours to the mast early on with, by, by even setting this question in the first place, to be honest. I uh, I prefer the Championship purely from a, a competitive nature uh, standpoint. I fully accept that this, the whole point of this sport is to, uh, to be the best you can and to, to succeed as much as you want to succeed. And I love the Premier League years as much as anyone. But you're telling me you want to turn up on a, on a, a Saturday to, to lose 4-0 against Chelsea every single year, knowing that's exactly what's going to happen? 
no, thank you. I'd rather turn up and play uh, and play some of the teams that we've not played in a while. It provides a bit of variety. Provides you, you, you turn up to the Reebok every week. And you don't know what's going to happen, and for me, that's that's quite attractive. Um, the Premier League is too predictable. It's full of diving cheats. It's full of players you, you don't like every single week. You know, John Terry, Ashley Cole, people like that. It, you know, these are people that I don't want to be spending my weekends looking at unless it's in the back of a paper and they've been put in prison. So I, I would happily stick with the championship myself. Um, but, the, you know, the law of the Premier League is what it is. Uh, and I hope we do get there one day. Um, for the final time tonight, I'm going to try Liam. Are you there, pal? I am. I'm not sure what happened then. <laughs> we thought you might have been uh, drawn into some sort of uh, American vortex and, and, you know, you disappeared never to return. But we're talking championship or Premier League. Um, which league would you rather be in and why? Premier League. Premier League. When we talk about how exciting the championship is, I just, I'll be honest with you, I go to the Macron and I really don't see it. You know, the place is dull. There's no away fans there. It just seems to me like there's a crowd in waiting. And I just think, it, it, it really, we have to be in the Premier League. It's just it's just where the, the, heart of the, the heart of the league is. It's where we should be. It's the, uh, the draws of the big players. I mean, I know you mentioned previously that that was the reason you don't want to see these big players. I mean, Personally, I don't want to be paying £30 a ticket to watch Andy Reid. Um, no, I, can see what you, I can see your point on that, definitely. So, I, no, I, I, I do miss the Premier League. I, I very much miss it. And uh, when the exciting part of our season, as we mentioned earlier, we're re-signing Adigo Johnson, we're talking about re-signing a Premier League player. So I think, I think deep down, we all really know where we want to be. Fair enough. Uh, and on that bombshell, that, that just about does it for uh, for this latest edition of the LOV podcast. Um, we did promise it would be a bit short and sweet, and I think we managed to do that. Um, so just one uh, one final plug uh, for the website. Of course, you can find us online at viennasuite.com. Um, we welcomed a couple of new writers to the team this week. We've got Eddie and Steve. Um, Steve, who's known to you all as Quentin X, he used to post one of the very first Bolton blogs that I was ever aware of back in the day on, uh, I think it was Vital Bolton, he, he was must-read. Uh, yeah. And Eddie's, a, Eddie's a, a new writer who's impressed us with his fan posts in the last couple of days, um, got a good response from people as well, so he'll be joining us, starting to post content in the next couple of days, so keep an eye out for that, plus the usual raft of uh, information and nonsense from uh, from the boys who make Line of Vienna, the website is. Uh, don't forget we're on iTunes, the podcast is there for you to subscribe to, rate us and review us. Like I said last week, if it's not five-star, don't waste your time. Um, thanks, lads, for joining me tonight. It's been great. Um, Liam, where can people find you on the internet if they want to find you and, and, uh, and hunt you down? Well, my weekly club for the Line of Vienna on a uh, Friday evening. Uh, on my Twitter, at, uh, at Liam underscore O'Meara. But as well, I'd like to say that I'm presenting the uh, After Awards show with Stephen Mulhern after <laughs> over, an I- over an ITV2. So please keep an eye out for that. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for inviting us all to that um, we were all going to appear with uh, with Peter Andre and that one that's married to a, uh, in from Busted on the similar thing on BBC3 so I guess we'll see who gets the uh, who gets the ratings and reviews on there Dan where can we find you online pal you can find me on Twitter at Mabrowski and I really wish I knew some really shite C-list celebrity to make a joke about but I just don't know any off the top of my head to be honest with you but yeah follow that's me on that Mabrowski right. and and, and, and where, shade, where can we find the? Uh, I'm, I'm tempted to set up an account for the official LOV dog, but we'll, we'll, we'll bring that to you in the next coming weeks. Rob, where can we find you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter as well. I'm on at Robbie Laz. Brilliant, and I'm at 19 Manning 83. So thanks everyone for joining. Thanks everyone for listening. 
Hope you have a lovely week. And the podcast next week will be slightly delayed with it being the bank holiday. Um, we're all off to have a drink with Liz McLaren from Atomic Kitten in the green room. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Good night and goodbye. <laughs>